Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time. Your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Tess, I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep it real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough here. I'm here for those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl, Tesla Figaro, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, everybody? This is Teslin Figaro, your girl, the host of Straight Shot No Chaser. I am bringing back one of the realists in the game. I don't care if you compare her to a conservative, a Republican, a Democrat, a liberal, a libertarian, a progressive. I don't know. We got so many different titles in the game, but she is the one and the only Sonny Johnson, the host of the series XM Patriot. You can catch that on 125 on your Sirius XM radio, Sonny's Corner. And she's always went by, did she say that the host of the Did She Say That podcast? And yes, friends, she did say that. Welcome, sis. Thank you for having me back, boss lady. How you doing? Doing well. You always call me boss lady, but just for the listeners knowing, I'm not no boss or nobody. She liked to call me that, I guess, because I'd be bossing <laughs> in these streets. But <laughs> I don't I don't want to be no leader nowadays. Leaders got to... They got a lot on their shoulders, Sonny. And that's why I wanted to bring you back. Number one, shout out to you again. And thank you for coming back a second time. You came on um, when I first rolled out my podcast. You were one of the first people I wanted to interview. Your show did really, really well. I mean, really well. People wanted to hear what you had to say. A lot of folks that do not lean on the right side understood your position. They respected you. They understand why voices like yours are not elevated in the conservative space because you are a threat. So since then, it's been a year. I guess we had you on in October, November of last year. So it's been a year. And I wanted to bring you back to give an update, not an update to you and I, because you and I met, I want to say it was over a decade ago now, Sonny, on Facebook. And we have talked about the same thing over and over and over and over about how black voters are not appreciated, how black voters I've always. And what I've loved about our relationship is we've always talked about it from our camp. 
You know, I didn't, I don't try to get in and tell, well, conservatives, you guys need to do this and you guys need to do that. Cause I don't work in that space. And a lot of people don't understand that about me because they say, well, why don't you tell the Republicans what to do? Why don't you tell the Democrats? Well, I can only speak of my camp, you know, where the, the races that I've worked on, what I have seen for myself is certainly not because I'm rocking with the Republican party, but I don't know much. And unlike most people on social media, I don't like to make shit up as I go. I only speak about how I have seen Democrat, good black Democrat candidates not be supported on the local level, not get the resources that they need, and basically to be shitted on by on the federal side, which hurts them in local elections. So here we are. This will air a couple of weeks from the day that we're, we're recording this, but I do want people to know that this is election day, November 2nd. I'm saying that because I want this time stamped. I want this conversation time stamped um, so they can know what we're saying the day of election before the numbers come in that is really critical to our conversation. And from the left side of things, you know, I've been talking about the mistreatment of black people, treating us like a mistress, leaving us in the wet spot, treating us like the girlfriend. And now people are starting to see what I was talking about. When I initially started talking about it in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2010, when I became independent, people couldn't really hear me, Sonny, because they were so infatuated with the presidency, the romanticizing of the Barack Obama uh, presidency. And everything that I said, they looked at as a slight to him. Fast forward, everything that I said, which I said then, when Trump was in office, they looked at as a, well, you must be helping Trump. So now that both of those things are out of the way and it's Joe Biden, I am starting to see on my end an awakening of what many of us have been talking about. So I want to shut up and let you, the guest, kind of give us a picture on what you have been talking about uh, on the Republican side or on the conservative side. And do you see any change uh, within the last year? We know that there's motivation from the Trumpers, at least, and I'm sure there's motivation from non-Trumpers as well. There always is for the party that's, that you know lost. But I want you to give us a snapshot of what has changed, if any, uh, within the last year. You did a tweet the other day, and I don't know if you want to share what you meant by that, but you said, and I'm paraphrasing, for those of you who are just pretending like you don't see what's going on, you basically you were saying, you see what's going on, I know what's going on, y'all just pretending you can only you know, ignore it for so long. And so I'm paraphrasing. You can only pretend for so long. Yeah, yeah, you can only pretend for so long. And I think that that's what a lot of the Republican pundits are going to realize like five years ago, they could have, they could have get away with some of the shit that they were doing. Like if, if because we're specifically, you time stamp this, I can say this, that this was today. One of the Republican representatives down in Arizona wished good luck to the Virginia voters to make general Lee proud. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it is, Amazing to understand that they don't learn shit. They don't understand anything. They don't take the time to use critical thinking skills to put themselves in a better position. And this is one of my things about this whole idea of white supremacy. Like there is nothing superior about these people. <laughs> they don't think superior. They don't plan superior. They're not tactically superior. These people aren't even organized. So the best thing where, where you say like there's energy, 
the energy is like in a fucking slogan. Let's go, Brandon. That's the slogan. Ask me, have they activated? Ask me, have they created a pack? like AOC created her pack and is now getting people elected into office. Ask me, are they doing anything remotely symbolizing that they have learned that they have to do something different and they haven't learned a damn thing. They're going right back to symbolism. They're going right back to being reactionary and just waiting for Democrats to do something and then having something to say about that instead of being forward thinking and putting together a plan and actually knowing how they plan on operating. So the only thing that I would say that's any different is now there's a bunch of us uppity ones at the bottom. Because it was really cool and easy for them to kind of ignore and push me off when it was just me. Mm -hmm. But now that I have this whole little uppity group of, of, of black conservatives that are with me, that are all starting their own platforms, that are all developing their own message, um, that have all decided they're going to be uppity. They're not going to play along. They're not going to fit into stereotypes. They're going to say what the hell they want to say, when they want to say it, how they want to say it. And I'm just grateful that I played a part in, in, in getting those voices out and, and, and into the ether, into the conversation. But that's the only thing that I have seen actually change. So where I would say like five years ago, I was lonely as hell. Now I at least have people around that understand the work, understand the mission, understand what we're trying to do and are not easily swayed by the Republican and conservative acceptance that is very empty and hollow. And like you says, leaves does nothing but leave them in a wet spot when it's over with. So if you look at a lot of the black faces that were so popular under Trump, where the hell are they now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Nowhere because they won't do shit. They won't produce a shit. They won't effective in any way. And now they're pushed to the side band of history while they get ready to bring in some new black faces that they think are going to be the new prototype. So my mission <laughs> is to destroy that prototype. And let's talk about that because you talked about it. And then we're going to go back and unpack how everything that you said is how I feel on the Democrat side. Only, well, actually, I'm not a Democrat. I want to make sure, sure I'm clear. I'm independent, but I lean left, obviously. But everything that you said about, we say that you guys are organized. We say that you do have the best messaging because at least your your slogans work. Our slogans are trash. We say that there there is strategy and they do plan. So we're going to unpack that in a moment. Uh, this is why I love having you on because... Even when I travel to different cities, people will say, oh, well, you know, it's just like that here in Newark. We're different. Or it's just like that here in Oklahoma City. Or no, you got to see it's different. We're like this in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I tell everybody, we, it, there are, a lot of these cities have the same issues. We're just not communicating those issues and seeing how, no, there's always that elder in every city that knows everything. There's that young person in every city that's trying to take over. There's that fight of ego pride. There's that this group doesn't like that group and people trying to bring each other down. There's a lot of similarities and they repeat themselves over and over in the space of organizing. And what you just said is the same gripe that we have on the black liberal side. But before I go to that, explain the prototype because you broke that down in the first episode. And for those who didn't catch it the first time, go back and listen to it. But for the sake of this conversation, explain what is the black conservative prototype that that we see that's out there and that you're trying to destroy. 
it, it, it is the, the passive black person that likes to deny that they're black. Black can't be in their conversation unless, of course, they're talking something derogatory when it, when it comes to black people like black on black crime or, or black fatherless homes or, you know what I'm saying? When it's something derogatory, they have no problems in, in speaking about race. But when you want to speak about black empowerment, black ownership, entrepreneurship, black equity, anytime you want to speak on anything positive having to do with the black community, then you have these black faces that come out and say, I'm not black, I'm American. Or um, think that this is my funnies. This is the this is the thing that I learned. I guess that I would add that is new. This idea that they think because we don't run from our blackness that we are somehow oppressed. You know, kind of in the aspect of what some others may say, and and they talk to me like that, and I, I've come to realize that they are not ready to accept blacks that walk in their superiority mm -hmm. ones that are not afraid to talk about the history, to talk about the culture, to talk about the community, to talk about their selves, their families, their marriages. Like they are not ready to realize that black people are not the stereotype that they have in their head. So to me, that whole prototype of, okay, you got to marry a white spouse. You have to live in a white area. You have to attend all of the white uh, conferences and, and like be an example of the only black face that is showing up. Like that prototype that they consistently go to. And you know that it's a prototype because it never lasts. It only lasts one election cycle. And then they have to throw all of those away to bring in new, fresh versions of the prototype. So that's how you know it is fake. It is fraudulent and it is built on nothing. It stands for nothing. It has principle in nothing. It conserves nothing and it is ineffective as hell. So that's what they want. They want an ineffective, feckless, powerless focusless set of black people that they can just use from election to election to say, Hey, look, we got black people here. And that is the prototype that needs to be destroyed. Okay, so somebody would say to that, well, they do that. And I'm, I'm giving you the talking points of playing devil's advocate. Cause you know, I don't say the Democrat party has any love for us as well. I'm with the Malcolm X, fuck them all. But I'm going to play devil's advocate of what someone would say to that. Okay. Sonny. Well, that's because they don't respect black people. That's because they're racist. That's At because all. they don't um, they don't want black people to be involved. So if they don't want black people to be involved, their the question would be to you: Why are you still a part of this party? Because it is not their principles. They don't own them. They don't have uh, power or control over them. And for another part, they're abusing them and using them wrong. So they're not even. They're not even stalwarts on protecting what they trying to keep me from. And on top of that, my dedication to conservatism doesn't have a fucking thing to do with white people. Mm -hmm. My entire historical context of why I am a conservative can be put into the faces of Frederick Douglass, the faces of Booker T. Washington, the faces of Carter Woodson, the faces of Malcolm X. So I can tell my entire conservative story without a white person mentioned in it. But just because they act 
the way that they act or behave the way that they behave? What do you expect me to do? Run from them? Am I supposed to be the coward? Am I the one that's supposed to back away and just give up what I believe in because of what some white person has to say? No. So I would much rather go into their face, go into their space, go into their bubbles, go into their comfort zones and pop every single one of them consistently. Mm -hmm. So if you want, you don't want me here, I'm here. You want me to shut up? I'm going to be louder. You don't want to hear what I got to say? Fine. I'm coming after your kids. So it doesn't matter what you want. I am not some oppressed black person that, that needs you to operate in a space. I am an uppity black woman that has focus and knows what I want. And if you get in my way, I don't care what color you are. I'm coming straight through you. So that's my response to that. I am not a coward. I'm not going to run from a space because someone um, uh, gives me shit face or thinks that they can utter a few words out of their mouth that are going to discourage me from being the who, who the hell I am. It doesn't work that way. So if you think that's what you're running into, if you think that that's what I am, then I feel sorry for you when we actually meet on the battlefield of ideas, because just like I'm not running from them, I'm not going to run from anyone that questions why I stand on conservatism 10 toes down. Well, I heard that. That is the host of Did She Say That podcast. <laughs> I felt like that sounded like a, a whole little intro I needed to, to say. That's the host of Did She Say That podcast. <laughs> this is what I love. I did a live with Killer Mike and we were talking about his mission to plot, plan, strategize, organize, mobilize. And one of the things we always talk about on a consistent basis, not just on the live that we did, was everybody has a role. And there, there is a role inside the party. There's a role outside the party. And if I choose to be outside both parties, it doesn't make me weak. It doesn't mean that I'm running from something. It doesn't mean, because you know, ain't shit weak about me. It doesn't mean that I'm not willing to, like you said, so eloquently meet on the battlefield of ideas. I just think that's the space that we need to be in. But I love how you're in the conservative space. I love how people like, uh, Anina Turner is in the Democrat space challenging Democrats. She always asks herself, what is wrong with me? I'm still over here. And I did. And she said, she, one of the things that she always says is I wouldn't give them the satisfaction of leaving the party. So, Hey, I wouldn't give them the satisfaction of taking my boot off. They neck. Right. That's right, what they, right. that's what they want. Right. They want but, to put you in a position where you run. Right. And but, I will be damned if they make me run. Absolutely. And I see that role for you. But when it comes to me and those who want to be independent and not associated with a party, it certainly doesn't mean that I'm running. It is that I understand and that we understand the very small group of us that are blind pushers in our own way, that there has to be voices in all areas. You know what I'm saying? And my area is fuck both of y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, <laughs> that's my area because... When we're having conversation, I like to be able to have a conversation with Sonny and have a conversation with somebody on the far left and have a conversation with a moderate and they not easily try to put me into a, well, you're a conservative or, well, you're a Democrat. Because when I'm able to push back and say, no, I'm not either one. I'm telling you that you both trash, that you don't respect us as a uh, on the conservative side, 
because I talked to Sonny Johnson. You don't respect us on the liberal side because I've worked on these campaigns. It allows me conversations in certain spaces um, that may that maybe uh, people will receive me on a different level. So I think when it comes to voices, uh, I love the fact that we recognize as full grown women that there is space for all of us in all of these spaces. And I'm mainly talking about when I say us, I'm talking about the ones with voices, the ones with microphones who are, you know, uh, sending messages. You know, I'm not talking about just and again, no disrespect to, you know, average voters, but I'm talking about people like us talking heads. Like you said, you felt very lonely and I felt very lonely being independent. I remember after doing commentary for years on Fox, they would always try to and they asked me, you know, would you like to be a contributor as a Democrat? It was only a Democrat available. I don't I don't want to do that. I don't I don't care what the what the bag is, what the opportunity is. I do not want to be here every day, day in and day out, defending all things Democrat. I just won't do it. Now, should somebody do it? Absolutely. But that's not for me. So I felt lonely for a long time of, you know, where are the independent, who are people? And, and, you know, we got uh, our friend who's a libertarian, uh, Lawrence Jones, and he he classifies himself as a libertarian. And I'm not questioning if he is, but I know because of being on Fox, they see anybody on Fox, you know, leaning, even if you're a libertarian, they see you leaning more right. But I love my space, uh, Sonny, because I really do like to say fucking both. I enjoy it. It makes me feel good. It makes my soul feel I, good. And during I, I do, I do a, I do a balance. I do a balance of fucking both a, as well. Like I'm not a Republican. I, I identify as a conservative, which is a uh, difference, right? Specifically because I want people to know what conservatism means. Sure. Um, not, not how they bastardize it, but what it actually stands for. And that's why instead of just saying independent of both political parties, I stick with conservative as the title. It's basically because I, I want to introduce the principles in a way, in a way that I define them and not one that has been put out by the definition of others. But that leaves me a lot of space to say fuck both political parties. Well, see, I don't want balance. I don't don't want balance. I want to say fuck them both all the time. I want to say fuck them both all the time. I want to say fuck them both in the morning, in the afternoon, in night. (laughs) I don't want no balance. But I do say that I have conservative, but you know that I've said I have conservative values and I have liberal values because you are absolutely, this comes down to political education. People understanding the difference between values and a political party. There is a difference, a huge yes. difference. I was raised and most black people, especially in the Midwest and in the South, or if they have any Southern roots, which all black people do in one way or the other, have some type of Southern roots. You were raised with some, conser- with at least one conservative value. You had to because your mother's mother came out of the depression and a conservative value is literally conserving. We conserved the orange juice. We conserved uh, the jar bottles, the, the jars of jelly became cups. And, you know, in my grandmother's household, we raised mm-hmm. our own food. Uh, my grandmother farmed. We had a farm. They raised it. They, they, they killed it. They cooked it. They believe both of my grandparents were self-employed. Other side of my grandparent, the other side is so interesting. My grand, both of my grandparents name are Thomas, both my grandfather's name were Thomas. Both my grandmother's name were Joyce on my parental and my maternal side. My grandmother, uh, Joyce and Thomas Taylor were, were two self-employed people. My grandmother owned a beauty supply. 
I mean, a beauty, a beauty salon. Uh, she that helped her get out of an abusive marriage, and she ended up marrying the only grandfather I ever known. My grandfather, who she married, Thomas Taylor, owned a, a mechanic shop, his own shop that still stands today. Rest in peace. Both he has passed away, but his shop is still there. My other grandparents, grand, Grandma uh, Joyce Figaro and Joy and Thomas Figaro. Thomas Figaro was a Vietnam and Korea vet. He retired in the Air Force. He worked at the post office. My other grandfather uh, worked in the, uh, was in the army as well. But my grandfather uh, Figaro uh, retired in the Air Force, and then he went to a government job, you know, at the post office. Even after he retired, he still went back. My grandmother Joyce Taylor, I mean Joyce Figaro, was not an entrepreneur, but she drove a school bus. She worked in the school system. She drove a school bus, and she was a lunch lady. She was a lunch cafeteria lady. So both of them, two totally different ideologies. And my grandmother Taylor was the I'm Jesus's cousin. Never heard her say <laughs> a cuss word. We went to church seven days. Of, I mean, literally, Sonny, I'm talking, you know how it is. Like we went yeah, Wednesday, uh, Bible study, Thursday, choir rehearsal, Sunday, Saturday, youth services. And Sunday, it was uh, prayer before we left. We held hands. We prayed every Sunday. Then it was Sunday school, regular church, BT and B, three o'clock service at somebody else's church. And then six o'clock that night. Grandma Figaro, totally opposite. Catholic, cuss your ass out. This is where I get, obviously, where I get my energy from. <laughs> Louisiana. So they have a, you know, Creole, a lot of the Italian and the Native American and uh, all of those different cultures that's in the, Cre in the Creole culture. You know, totally opposite. We weren't going to church. They went to mass, but it wasn't a seven day, four or five day a week church type of thing. And so... It's the balance of both those words. And then my cousins was in the streets. They were, it was in the streets. They yeah. was pushing, they were selling dope. So, and I got cousins on my mama's side that were doing dope, you know, that was a result of, I really got to write a book as I think about my life. But both of those balances, Sonny, is why I can say that I have some conservative values and also some liberal values. And I think values are important. I think that education is important. Um, but when it comes to political parties, I really do kind of like to say fucking both. Are you all about the NBA action? You got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points? Or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, 
assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. You have told us that not much has changed, that they don't respect what it is that you're still trying to do. And why is that, Sonny? Is it because they fear that once Black people awaken themselves to this space that they could possibly own and occupy? Is that the fear? Or are they just playing dumb and not taking an opportunity where they could snatch up some of these Black voters who are totally disgruntled with the Democrat Party? They are indoctrinated and don't want to admit it. So if you look at like the current case, uh, the current argument uh, surrounding critical race theory and you think about what critical race theory actually is, you know, the study of systems of government and the racism from those systems. And you listen to what they're actually talking about. And you know that they're not talking about critical race theory. They're talking about being forced to recognize black history. And that is because of how bad they have been indoctrinated. So they don't want to admit that it's happened to them. They very much believe that us as black people have been indoctrinated into, you know, whatever. But they don't want to believe that they have. So when you actually start going in and being like, well, why are but and you know they'll be like, why are black communities this way? And then you start actually telling them, then they're like, well, I never knew that happened. Of course you didn't, because you don't know shit about what you are talking, and your pundits made it that way. You've had an entire generation of Republican and conservative uh, conservative punditry class that has made it their mission to whitewash everything. The people under them don't know that it's being whitewashed. They're thinking that they're being given accurate information from these pundits that they trust. And these pundits that they trust are presenting themselves like they're some kind of experts on, on the subject, especially when it comes to like Black America and what our quote unquote flaws are. They are not experts. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. And in order to hide that fact, they whitewash and try to push a colorblind, a colorblind conversation to the people that are following them. This allows them to not have to talk about racism at all. They don't have to address it. It becomes an issue that they can um, very, very easily sweep to the side. But as they start to see or realize the abuses of government and those abuses are now focused on them, now all of a sudden they're like, Wait a minute. Um, um, the police shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z. 
What the hell do you mean? Like, did you not hear like millions of people marching throughout the streets telling you that police should not be doing that? But you said that, 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 that it didn't happen, that it was imaginary, that they made it up. But now when you think that it's happening to you, all of a sudden it is a sign that America is on its way down in decline. It wasn't on its way down in decline when it was doing it to us. When it was black bodies on the street, that was perfectly okay. But now that you think that you're the target, now it must be addressed and must be stopped. And this is what I have tried to tell Republicans and conservatives. Until you acknowledge what you let happen, and you can say, well, I didn't vote for it, or I didn't pass it, or I didn't believe in it. I don't care about that. You sat silently and let it happen. You said nothing to stop it. You waged no campaign to conserve what we say are our basic tenants in that which, res which reside in the Bill of Rights. You didn't protect that. You didn't defend that. So until you can recognize that you failed as a as a population as we the people you let government abuses continue to go on without saying anything because they did not affect you now that they're affecting you you want us to rally behind you hell no acknowledge this entire time what we have been trying to tell you acknowledge the abuses of this government on our people this entire fucking time and if you can't acknowledge that don't run to me and ask me to defend you. No, I'm going to wait for the revolution to come get your ass. Because if, if you cannot protect it for all, I am damn sure not going to stand on the front lines protecting anything for you. So that's what they need to understand now. And and when, when I tell you, when I go back to that thing about supremacy and they, they are not supreme in any way, I promise you. They, are, they don't understand how local government works. They've bought into the federalized utopia that somehow if you get Trump into place, everything is going to be solved. Like they are as warped and dense as they think that we are, but they don't want to admit it. And that's what I do. I basically throw it in their face every single way that I possibly can to let them understand your hypocrisy is what's killing this country. Your apathy is kill is what's killing this country. Your silence is what is killing this country. And until you remove those things and realize that race is not a conversation to run from, but one to run towards to solve, then nothing is going to change. And you're going to continue to get this vitriol in our country where the people that are complaining about the abuses against their rights are going to get louder and louder and louder and louder and shit is going to continue to burn because they're not playing anymore and I don't blame them. So either you find a way to get to bridge the gap and get to those people and actually start a conversation or we're inevitably going to see the outcome go in a completely di different way for this country. And, and the choice is now. The choice is now. Do you think they want to though? Are they like, no, we don't, we this, we're doing this by design. We don't want to do that. We like it. No. That's how it is. Well, I talk to the people, the people on the ground. I don't really um, try to get into, I, I've been in the upper echelon circles and I can tell you the people in the up, upper echelon circles, 
they're happy with low black voter turnout. Mm -hmm. They're not going to try to go out of their way to get the black vote. They would prefer the black vote to just sit down and they not have to spend any money on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And those are the people that are at the top. And I will never lie to protect them. I could tell you a million and one stories about how fucked up their philosophy is when it comes to things like black outreach. But I talk to the people on the ground, the, the grassroots, the average people. They want this solved because they are losing their kids. Mm -hmm. They are losing their kids. They're like, I've never taught my kid to be racist. I've never taught my kid. Uh, I've taught them to be colorblind, this, that, and that. And I'm looking at them like, and now your kid goes to a multicultural school trying to pretend he's colorblind. Right. <laughs> right. Like you, you screwed your kid. Because you didn't give kid, him any education. That's exactly your it. Your kid mm -hmm. is not going in like, oh, let me learn your culture. Let me gain from you. Let me teach you mine. That's like, that's not how your kid is going in. Your kid is going in. You have no culture. You have no history. You have no anything other than what I was taught in my household because I'm colorblind. And you wondering why your kids are getting screwed up. And then your kids, their kids are like, I just want to love my friends. My friends are black and they're Hispanic. And you know what I'm saying? They're Muslim. They're gay. They're all of this. I just want to love my friends. Whatever fight you got going on, whatever baggage you got going on, whatever backstory y'all got going, I don't want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So they are losing their kids because they're not even preparing their yeah, kids. And they're that, to yeah, and that's what's frightening for them. It's so interesting you said yeah. that because what I said that this week. I don't know if I said it on BNC. I did say it on BNC. I said that what what is scaring them the most is because they're losing their children because our yep. children are not having the conversations that we're having. My daughter's 14 and the school that she was in lab middle school, very diverse school. It was uh, almost 80% uh, Asian American uh, school in Pacific Islanders. And they really don't, when we say colorblind and don't look at color and all at her age, they really, they, they really see, they understand color. They have the conversations. They talk about racism. I, I subbed in the classroom. So I hear them having the conversations much better than adults, but they really just want to, like you said, they just want to love their friends. When I was yep. 14 years old, you know, I was in the hip hop. So I was loving all the stuff I shouldn't be like NWA or Lil Kim or, you know, any of the, any of those artists that I shouldn't have been listening to. My daughter's favorite band is BTS. And I tell people, Girl. I, I tell people, BTS are like, oh, you don't know. I say, yeah, they're one of the most popular, the the most popular boy band in the world. It's an it's an Asian band or a group. And pop, I'm taking her to L.A. to see this concert. And they're kids from everywhere. And they, you know, have taken hip hop to a whole nother level. I and am a hip hop head. My daughter's favorite group is Panic at the Disco. And see, like, I, have no, I have no, I have no clue who that is. <laughs> you did not you my daughter because right. I'm like, what in the world? Like, how did but, this happen? How did how did me being a hip hop man? They how did I how did I born? How did I raise a child whose a favorite band is BTS? But yeah, they have they a have a freedom that we did not yeah. have, yeah. and 
they are taking full advantage of it. They're not limiting themselves to what we classify as our definitions. They're like, no, I want, like my daughter's favorite culture is Japanese culture. So like they want to branch out. They want to learn. They want to know. They want to grow. They want to accept. And us as parents should be doing our best to help them with that, not trying to reduce them to, um, to our petty baggage or our petty conversations or our petty politics. We should be letting our children figure out how they are going to run this country when it is their turn. And if the way that they want to run this country when it is their turn is to love and to accept and to grow together, not under a guise of diversity, but under a guise of loving the people that they love. If that's what they want to do, then it would be, it is our detrimental neglect not to give them that. And if we can't give them that, starting with basic conversations in our own house about issues we know that they are going to face when they go out into the world, then we are failing them. And we can't blame the school systems for that. We can't blame the government for that, the political parties for that, anybody else for that. And that's what I'm trying to um, get white conservatives and Republicans to understand. You're going to lose to us. They love us more than they love the bullshit you're teaching them. So understand you are going to lose to us. So your best bet is to figure out a way to learn and to grow and to mature with your kids, not to, not to abandon your adultness and turn it over to them. Don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. But learn a way to grow with them. Absolutely. And also for clarification, for those listening, because I don't want to make sure clear, we're clear. Although my daughter's friends and it literally looks like United Nations. Um, when I looked at her birthday party, it was her. Um, she has her best friend is Brazilian. She has a Asian friend, white, black, uh, and Indian American. Literally, like it, that's what her yeah. friend group looks like. But at the same time, as a black parent, as a black woman. Um, I make sure that Jada understands that our role is different, that there are different challenges, that there are, you know, not to make her any different than them, but there are certain things she has to know, just simple things, you know, like the privilege of, uh, I'll just use this as an example, where their parents may say, oh, you know, just go outside and, you know, whatever, you know, have more freedom. And, you know, growing up, we would say, well, you know, that's white folks. They let white, white kids get to do that. Instead of me telling her that, like I was told, you know, you, your mom ain't no white mom. You can't just do whatever you want to do. I explained to her because I have an understanding the reasoning behind the things that I say. So for example, her, uh, one of her friends has more uh, autonomy than we do because they're, they grew up with the privilege that, that nothing will happen where I grew up very different. And so not trying to give her that trauma, but I make sure Jada understands, listen, if something happens to you, they don't come look for black girls the way that they look for white girls. You have to understand that the way they move and how their parents may, they may view the world is very different than our reality. So it's okay for you to have other friends, but understand that this world is not your friend group. And so I think if you can be responsible 
you know, enough to do that and to have the maturity and not make her feel bad for having, for everybody don't want to be fight the power. You know, that's, that's what they call them, fight the yeah. power, you know, power to the people. Everybody don't want to be Fred Hampton. So she has her own personality. But I also, Sonny, try to make sure that she understands there's differences because there is a difference where Molly can just kind of go, not to say that, you know, they would look for her as well, but we know for damn sure they don't look for black little girls. So I have to give her that game so that she's informed. My daughter finds her difference in her hair. Okay, so I um I started getting perms when I was like seven years old. You know what I'm saying? So I, I've kind of been that way my entire life. I don't even know what my natural hair looks like. I will very soon, but um I don't even know what my natural hair looks like. Um, my daughter's never had chemicals in her hair ever. So my this neither. year she this year she came to me and she's like, I want to dye my hair pink. And I'm like, you want to do what? And she's like, I want to dye my hair, my entire head, bright freaking pink. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, and <laughs> she's like, I'll, this is what I want to do. And so I went and I got her hair dyed pink for her. Um, She's a great kid, you know, um, all A's in school. She never gives me any problem. Like, she's a great kid. If, if, the, if the most she's going to give me is pink hair, then I'm going to take it. Um. Her, her, her edges, her roots started to grow back out and you started to see her brown and her roots again. And she tells me, she's like, mom, you think I'm like running from being black. And, uh, this is a conversation that we have all of the time. She's like, my roots are always going to come in like this. You know, they're always going to be nappy. They're always going to be kinky. They're always going to be coily and they're always going to be dark brown when they come in. Don't worry. I'm not going to forget who I am. And like, yo, when you can do that for your child, like, yes, you can love Japanese culture. Yes, you can love Panic at the Disco. You can do, you can have uh, a, a eclectic group of friends, but you understand your roots are always going to come out that dark brown. Mm hmm. And you know that and, and you understand what that means. Like, I was like, OK, I feel safe with you understanding your position. Well, yeah. Because and, uh, you let's, understand Let's keep it real. Our, our daughters will always be very well clear about where they stand. Yes. With say, <laughs> as, as mothers. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony Delisandra. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Before we get out of here, I know we only have a few minutes left. Uh, are you still in the Virginia area? Yes. Okay. Tell us about Virginia. This is time stamped on Election Day. All of the conversations saying the Democrats are going to get their ass whooped. Uh, historically, Virginia has always went in the opposite direction of whoever was in power. However, uh, when Terry, why do I can never pronounce it? Pronounce his last name for me. McLuff? Mc, McAuliffe. 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 Okay, I need McAuliffe. When he was in office, uh, when he was elected in 2014, that was the first time that it did swing towards the administration in power. Will he be able to do it again tonight? And if not, why? What do you see on the ground? I know what I see from the Democrat Party standpoint and voters, you know, giving people the finger and not being motivated because people are just over it. But what do you see on the ground locally in your community? So everywhere I, I live in northern Virginia. And you're you're not you don't see a lot of you're not supposed to see a lot of Republican signage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Republican signage. Oh, up really? Here. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot. I heard of, that of they were talking signage. about that the other day, that there was that that was a lot. It, mm -hmm. It's way more than I have ever seen the entire time that I have been living in um, in Virginia. Let me not make a prediction and let me say this instead. When I first got into politics in 2008, Virginia had a Republican governor um, in office, uh, Bob McDonald. One of the first things he did when he got into office was he declared it Confederate History Month. And <laughs> me being new to politics uh, at the time, uh, I was like, I'm confused. I'm really, really confused by this. Um aren't you a Republican? And he was like, yes. And I was like, um, then why are you declaring like Democrat history month? Like, I, I don't understand what you're doing here. And I never got an answer to that question. And I have asked every politician in Virginia that question for the last 12 years now. You know what I'm saying? Every single white GOP candidate that I have come across in this state, I have asked them that same question and have yet to get an answer from any of them, including Glenn Youngkin. So, uh, and I did get a chance, to, uh, opportunity to interview him. So what I'll say to this is it doesn't matter what, who gets in as far as black people are concerned, our issues, the things that we need addressed in the state of Virginia specifically the Richmond area and Newport News area, they are going to continue to get pushed aside until we have competing voices in these areas. Geo the Virginia GOP is a shit show. It is not serious as a political party. And it does very little to help the Republican Party apparatus itself, let alone anything having to do with Black Americans. So in our state, if, they, if we do not decide that we need to, you know, like follow Keller Mike's example and plot and strategize and realize exactly we, what outcome we want, 
It's not going to matter who becomes governor. It's not going to matter who is going to become president. We are going to continue to be feckless and rudderless and unable to change the direction we are currently heading in. And with the rich history that we have in this state, and especially in the city of Richmond itself, that was once a, a black Wall Street, that is unacceptable to me. So while we have to understand a place of politics, we also have to understand that there is a place for activation and we all need to be making sure that we have activated in some way to bring empowerment, equity, ownership and entrepreneurship to our community. The more we contribute and pour into those four pots, the more we're going to be able to make the political change that we deem necessary. And I'm not talking about a political party. I'm not talking about Democrat or Republican. I am talking about us fundamentally changing what we see in these dilapidated, destroyed communities. And instead of going the pathway for gentrification, actually having a way where we can move our people into ownership. That has to be our plan. That has to be our, our, our agenda. And we have to realize, like you said, it's going to be fuck both politics. Uh, both political parties until we can pour enough into those four buckets to make it so they cannot ignore us anymore. Absolutely. Well, you just gave, I don't even have to repeat mine because you just gave the summary for what is exactly happening on the left, which is why I love having you on Sunny because it shows that there's some commonalities. You know, I'd use the analogy earlier how, you know, people will say it's different here and it's different here. And there are differences. You know, there's different culture. There's different regions that do things differently. You have different leadership in different areas. But for the most part, people want to see black people win. If you are in black, yep. if you are really black for real and in politics for real. And if you are in if you are black and in politics for real, you want to see us win. And that should be able to have the maturity to put the party party politics aside and really at least be able to have a conversation. I always feel good to know that you're on that side, pushing the line. You give me the same respect, uh, always bumping me up. You do such a wonderful job of that. One of the things we talked about last night was ego, was that a lot of times folks don't allow their egos, you know, they keep egos in the way and don't know how to uplift other people. It's not that I'm trying to get more shine than you or you're trying to get more shine than, than me. We're just tired of being lonely. You know, and not yeah. having enough people. We want allies. We want accomplices. We want soldiers. You know, I always say on this show, yeah, this, that's, this is that's a it. Show. We want soldiers. Yeah, so we, soldiers. we need, yeah. Not just allies. And not just soldiers. accomplices, but real real soldiers that are willing to get their hands dirty. So there you go. I feel good knowing that by nothing else, by default, you're going to get something done for black people. You're going to push it. I'm going to be pushing over here. And at the end of the day, it benefits us all. So thank you so much again, Sonny. I think you are one of those conversations that we need to have come back, you know, every, whether it's every quarter, twice a year, whatever, you know, just to really give us an update because I have yet to have uh, to meet a, a conservative, at least in, in my, you know, my circle that has been so consistent consistent about your message, consistent about what you believe in, consistent about your values. And you have a way of getting people to hear things that they otherwise would not have. When we did the show last time, Marcy was like, wow, I've really learned a lot. And initially, if you were to just say, hey, I'm bringing on a conservative because they do, they only see the prototype. And so you are the example of conversations uh, that need to be had and they know it. And they intentionally Try not to raise her voice the same way they do with with me. You know, I don't want to minimize my opportunity at iHeart or Black Black News Channel at all. But Black News Channel literally had to be created 
uh, the Black Effect had to be created because for the last 10 years, there was no home. I had no home <laughs> for my boys at all. So I just want to thank you, Sonny, again for coming by, sis. I look forward to talking to you again. We're going to see what these Virginia election results come in. I'm going to put my prediction. My prediction is whether it's winning or losing tonight, you better stop playing with black people. That's on the left, the right, hey. in the middle. Stop playing with black people because at the hey. end of the day, we ain't playing with you. So thank you so much for joining us. Now, where can they find you before we get out of here, Sonny? Where can they find you on your Twitter? Yeah, my favorite uh, 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 social is the Twitter. You can find me at Sonny Johnson, S-O-N-N-I-E. And every single Saturday on Sirius XM 125 for Sonny's Corner, Fire conversations. We got to get you back on the show, Taz. Yeah, of course. I didn't got to come over and spread some liberal love <laughs> to your conservative <laughs> viewers. But no, thank you so much, Sonny, as always. Always coming through whenever I ask. You are such a gem. And people don't know how many people you push behind the scenes. I always want to give you this credit, Flowers, in public. We do a lot behind the scenes. But one of the first opportunities that I've had to have my voice written in national print was you uh, quoting me. Uh, when you were writing a, a piece a long time ago, 10 years ago with Breitbart and whether people like Breitbart or not, I'm sure they I'm sure they don't, especially with Steve Bannon. But that's not the point. The point is you refer to my voice in that space and that's powerful. And I tell liberals and Democrats, so if you don't like it, when are you going to refer to me? Oh, I'm sorry. You never <gasps> fucking do. So shut up. So thank hey, you so much, Sonny hey, Johnson. Y'all missed it. <laughs> y'all not taking advantage of having a boss lady on y'all side. Y'all better wake up and realize y'all got a gym and y'all need to be treating her right. So I appreciate you so much, Chaz. Thanks for having me. Too. I appreciate you too, honey. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. That was Straight Shot No Chaser. Until next time. Peace. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Teslin Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, our mix master, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne Nagat. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you.